I'm here with Chris Shields, who's a, the producer for Brave Men, and uh, we have Demario Davis on today, Chris. Yeah, this we guy, do. This guy's amazing. He is. Yeah, now, you're an NFL guy. I mean, yes. Well, NBA primarily. But. Yeah, okay, you're NBA, but NFL, I mean, when I started talking about different things, you're like, oh, yeah, he played here, he played there. Well, that was I mean, a 3-4 as a 4-3. I'm a millennial. I mean, I play you're Madden. <laughs> Come on now, Madden. That's right. That's Xbox. Right. <laughs> and Demario Davis, man, this guy's a linebacker, yes. which means he has hit people extremely hard. Hard. Capital uh, H hard. Capital H hard. <laughs> Because if you don't, you don't play for Rex Ryan. No, you don't. Definitely not for Rex Ryan. You got to be bad. One of the most brilliant defensive minds ever. Really? In the NFL. Yeah. As really? A coach? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but he's as he, but he's never been with the Cowboys. I'm a well, Cowboys fan. I'm gonna. I, I'll be quiet on so, that. Okay. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> Dude, man, seriously. <laughs> no comment. All right, Demario Davis is on today. It's going to be great. You know what What really hit me in talking to him was what he was dreaming about in the streets, in the middle of Mississippi, in the middle of nowhere. And his cousin, Steve McNair, was throwing him passes. Yes. Isn't amazing. that something? That is amazing. Yeah. You it, didn't know that connection when we first I really did it. Yeah. I really didn't. I, I mean, I was raised watching McNair. My dad yeah. really loved him, especially yeah. in his days for the Titans. But yeah. at the same time, no, I never knew that until I listened. And a tragic story. And, and, and really, if you will, the contrast between where DeMario is today and what happened tragically to Steve. Yes. His death. Uh, is, is the story of two men who had if you will, two different devotions, right? Yes, yes, definitely. One let God lead his story, and yeah. then one let, let himself lead the let story. Let himself lead the story. Man, that's a good way to put it, Chris. I think everybody's going to enjoy this conversation today with Demario Davis. Thanks for being here with us today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey talking with uh, Demario Davis, and he is uh, the founder of Devoted Dreamers Foundation. He is uh, he's a father with a brand new baby, four children, and uh, but what you do for a living is knock people down <laughs> with great passion. And uh, you're playing uh, NFL. How does a how does a kid growing up in Collins, Mississippi, end up in the NFL, man? Man, uh... I mean, come on. I looked up, listen, Demario, I looked up Collins because I got friends up in Jackson. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe it's, and Collins isn't near anything. Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, man. I mean, small, small city boy, man, it's been a journey, man. I can only, only give the glory to God. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the statistics were definitely stacked against me. My mom had me at an early age. I stayed with my grandmother while my mom had to finish high school and college. And, um, then my mom came back and got me, and uh, we ended up moving to Brandon, Mississippi. And, um, you know, just me and her. And, wow. uh, you know, my grandmother was the first one to to, to introduce me to, to God and the Bible. And so I always kind of knew right from wrong. Uh, but as a, as a young kid and uh, standing in a rough environment with my mom, though I was good at football, um, I struggled off the field, got in a lot of trouble. Um, but my talent, you know, kind of kept me on the right track. You know, I, I set a dream uh, when I was in fourth grade and said I was going to the NFL. Really? All I could see. I, I mean, no matter what trouble I got in, no matter, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was a kid that got expelled from school. I was, uh, I went to jail my first year of college. Hmm. I was always getting caught up in stuff, but for some reason, I always felt like no matter what, I'm just going to stay on this path going towards this goal and I'm wow. going to get And by the grace of God, I um, was able to make it out of Mississippi, get a scholarship to go to Arkansas State, uh, had a good career there, ended up getting drafted. Yeah, but, okay, you got drafted, but you wait a minute, you got arrested when you were a freshman? Yeah, my, my freshman year, before I ever played a snap, man. I, before I, you played a snap. So, Actually, you were in Arkansas, so thank God for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Arkansas is just as bad. Could have went just as bad for me in Arkansas as it could have been in Mississippi. So. Well, it's, just, it's football country, so, you know, if you can play, we'll yeah. get you out and we'll put you back on the field, son. That's the only way I got out. I mean, the coach paid the bill, and, 
he gave me a second chance. He didn't have to give me that. Oh, well, so there you go. Yeah. I'm forever indebted for that. And uh, shortly after that, uh, I ended up uh, getting introduced uh, to the gospel. Uh, our team chaplain shared the gospel with me. How'd that uh, happen? So you had a team chaplain. Mm-hmm. All right. So now here you are. You've been in and out in trouble. And and your cousin, did you know your cousin, McNair, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Steve ended up with some of the same issues, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, Steve used to be quarterbacking for us when we were kids in the road, throwing us the ball and stuff like that. We no. Played, played football. And, man, uh, nobody had an arm like that, man. Yeah, man, but he was different. And so our team chaplain started to spend some time with me, some one-on-one time with me. And um, you know, asking me harder questions, questions challenging me, yeah. uh, me what I thought a Christian life looked like, uh, what I thought sin was, um, you know, uh, what it meant to go to heaven and hell, and did I feel like I would go? Just harder questions, and then open up the Bible and started to show me what, what God's answer was to a, to a lot of those things, and um, I ended up giving my life to Christ and uh, getting discipled, getting discipled, and uh, doing evangelism training and in college and uh literally uh, my life took a 180. I mean I was always good on the field but off the field is where I would take steps back. And once I got those two aligned then you know it was a lightning rod. Yeah. You know that's one of the things that we talk about a lot uh DeMario is that your talent can take you beyond your character. And yeah. and what yeah. God gave you was some talent but thank God that a, a chaplain came along took an interest in you. What was his name? Chuck McElroy. Chuck McElroy, Arkansas State chaplain. Was he chaplain just for football? Uh, he was a, a campus uh, in a, uh, a campus director at the time, and then ended up being a regional director for campus outreach, which is very similar to like campus crusades. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And he just took an interest in you. Yeah, just started spending some time. Just started spending some time with me for whatever reason. I had went to his Bible uh, study a couple of times when I was a freshman, um, but you know, for whatever reason. Once I uh, uh, got out of jail, he just started spending some time with me and just invited me to lunch, you know, spending one-on-one time with me, you know, and just asking me questions wow. about life. And the questions were so challenging that I would oftentimes avoid him, trying not to have those conversations. Um, but but I didn't realize that that was a means to an end and that he would end up having the, the, the biggest impact on my life ever. You know, uh, so when that chaplain got a hold of you and, and came alongside of you, it was it was God answering your grandmother's prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that's you know that's amazing. I, I I can't tell you how many times I've heard that same story, Demario, where where a man uh, going through life trying to run from God. In fact, my dad put it this way. He said he uh, he he uh, tried to run from God, but he couldn't outrun his mother's prayers. That's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. Yeah, that's so when it. we so when so here you are with this talent, and then all of a sudden the character element, you know, comes together, and uh, you end up out of Arkansas. I mean, out of Collins, and then out of Brandon High School, uh, you end up being drafted by the New York Jets. Yeah, and not just drafted, you're like third round linebacker. So, so now at this point, now you hit the big city. What was that like? Uh, it, it, it was different, you know, it was definitely a, a culture shock, you know, being in the South my whole life Yeah, and being a country boy going to the city. Um, <laughs> but I think what helped uh, my wife and I uh, sustain was that our foundation was right, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. because uh, we both had these radical transformations in college, it helped us mature very quickly. Um, and because we were rooted in the right things, you know, before we stepped into the league, you know, all of a sudden we, we, we found with all this, uh, this new income, these new resources, these new opportunities, uh, we were trying to say, okay, God, how do we best steward this yeah. to you? And so no matter where we are, whether we're in New York, whether we're in Mississippi, we're in California, we're in um, Africa, we're in Europe, it don't, it don't matter. Our goal is to glorify uh, you with all that we have and all that we do. And so that helped us exponentially to be able to balance and not get lost in the midst of the chaos. And, um, you know, they have the same, you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And so we, 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 that's our claim to fame. We survived, we survived New York. And it was, it was, it was a great time. It was a great yeah, but you had, But you know, God put you with some good guys. Rex Ryan is a guy that seemed to be like a man who cared about 
his players, not just as pieces, but as people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rex was a great coach, a uh, great defensive mind. He, he definitely helped me uh, turn the corner or, or, or get the wheels turning of what all can be done as far as defense and the flexibility and the range of it. And so uh, he laid a great foundation for me to be able to come in with that type of defensive mind and the veteran guys that we had. We had Darrell Revis, Antonio Camardi, uh, you know, Dave Harris. I got the chance to play with a lot of, lot of really good players on defense. And um, that, that allowed me to have a great foundation, you know, as far as setting the precedence of what my career and laying that foundation is what has allowed me to be able to be at the level that I am today. Where, where'd you meet? Yeah, which is uh, you went to the Browns, back to the Jets, and then uh, free agent, and then finally got back down south with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, man, that journey was uh, – it was something, man. I feel like, you know, Cleveland was my one-year sabbatical, man. Uh, <laughs> That was my moment of uh, uh, Jacob wrestling with, with God and having to get his uh, hip broke. That was my my moment of, of wrestling with God. And I didn't even realize, I mean, I, here I am coming to the league, leading Bible studies as a believer. And um, God, you know, met me in Cleveland and said, you still don't know what surrender means. Wow. And literally, like, he stripped my entire body I mean, I didn't have any major injuries, but like my, I was fatigued, my joints hurt, everything hurt. I didn't have any injuries, but I was just hurt. Uh, he stripped my my mind. I, my mind was all the way like I, you know, I, I'm a guy that loves to practice. I love to train. Yeah, um, always been that way. But I would hate going to practice. All my ambition was just sucked out of me, and I would go in my prayer closet just at nights and just be like broke down. I didn't know. I didn't understand what was happening. What was but happening there? And we're not going to and we're not going to blame Cleveland for that. I got some good friends there. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to blame Cleveland. We're not but, blaming Cleveland, but God was doing a work in your life. Man. Yes, yes, yes. Tell me was. how that process worked. We got a lot of guys listening right now, and they're and you know uh, when Solomon prayed and he asked for wisdom, God says, mm -hmm. "I'll give you wisdom," but in Kings it says He gave him wisdom and knowledge and largeness of heart. Yeah. And largeness of heart only happens by stretching. Yep, yep. Basically, he told Solomon, hey, you're, I'll give you wisdom, but you're not big enough to contain the wisdom you need for tomorrow's battles. That's it. So God that's began to stretch you. Too often, we push back on that, Demario. That's how good. You, how did you engage in that process? I didn't know what was happening at the time. I, but, but all I know is I stayed faithful. Like, mm. I stayed before God with it, right? My body's breaking down. My mind's breaking down. And, you know, I remember going and telling my wife, I think I'm going to have to retire because I just, I, my passion's gone, my body's hurting, I don't know what's going on. And, but my joy wasn't touched. My wow. joy, was like, I mean, we were losing as the Browns. I mean, I had a happy home. I could find joy in my wife, my kids. Right. I joined the Lord every morning. I was spending having a great time with him. Um, and so I was able just to talk, and, and I remember going in the closet and just breaking down and saying, God, I can't do it. I can't go any farther. I can't go any farther. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you want to do this great thing in me inside this game, so you want me to go on, but I can't go on. So if you want me to go on, here is where I have to stop. I have to stop right here. I wave the white flag. I surrender. You're going to have to take me to the finish line. You're going to have to rejuvenate my mind, rejuvenate my body if you want me to go. But I surrender here, right? And that's – no, uh, November of 2016, right? Wow. And I, I and I'm in, and I, and I, and I surrendered. And it was almost as clear as days. Like God was like, "Thank you for getting out my way. Now I can operate." <laughs> and it's not so. We want to have this vision of us walking beside God, like God needs us to put our feet on the ground. Yeah. If not God. Don't need. He don't need no help. He needs you in complete surrender. Yeah. So the more that you decrease, the more that he can increase. And so like, I really felt that in my life. And then fast forward three months, uh, I'm training. And all of a sudden, I'm training. I'm getting in the bed. I would train three times in the day. And I would get in bed at night. And I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm not even tired. Wow. It made no sense. It made no sense. I would work out. And I would try to tire myself out. I would end up working out like four hours at a time. My body wouldn't get tired. And all of a sudden, I had this new passion, and I could see clear as day, um, not, 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 not in a boastful fact, but to this year to be the number one rated linebacker, I could see it way back then, the clear path of what I needed to do to get there. Mm -hmm. I had never saw that before. Wow. It was like as clear as day I could see the road how to get there. 
And so you're talking about a guy who feels like he's flailing his career, and then all of a sudden he shoots to the top. Only God can do that. Only God. And it was done to reflect his glory. But like you said, it's for the battles of to tomorrow. God was ready to elevate me to a position of leadership to do bigger things, but I wasn't in a place of true surrendering and understanding true surrender where I would need to be where he was going to place me. Because God needs to do these really big things in people who are totally surrendered to him. And he can only do those in people that he know ain't going to get in the way. You know, what you're talking about, though, when we talk about, uh, see, here's the thing. Guys think about surrender in that sense as sort of a, a passive laydown thing. Mm -hmm. It actually took more courage to do that than, than to lay down in that sense. In other words, it yeah. took courage to say, I'm surrendering this thing. And you had, you had to have the courage to grab a hold of your own heart, you know, and say, hey, let's get out of the way. You know, so guys, too often they think of Christianity, first of all, they think of it as, as magic. You know, it's like <laughs> I pray and stuff happens. Or it doesn't. Or it's just a ticket to get out of hell. And then when, talk, when we talk about surrender, they think of it as passive and, and, and somewhat feminine. But it takes a real man to say, I'm going to humble myself because victory is always on the other side of a fight. So your time in Cleveland, in that sense, spiritually, was a fight, fighting for your own heart. It, it took courage. You had, to have, you had to really trust God. Let me tell you, man. Um, so fast forward, we come back. We're in, we're in uh, minicamp, you know, right around where we are about this time now, where we would be right about this time. Right. I mean, I am, we got a new defensive coordinator. I'm lighting it up. All of a sudden, I'm this new player. I'm going out there, and I'm shocking myself. I've never seen this version of me. And I go out one day, my wife and I, we go to the grocery store. And my wife's in the Target doing her Target run. We know how well on wives can be in Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I watched um, one of uh, the guys, my former players, uh, who I used to mentor. He had signed with another team, uh, got a, got a, a really large contract. And I was kind of just sitting there kind of kind of bitter with my – a little bitter with within. Not, not because of – envious of him, but just kind of wondering, like, God, it's almost with me like you always take me the long way around. Yeah. It's always like I have to take all these back roads to get to ultimately like where I feel like you're trying to take me. And I, you know, just going back to high school and the journey of college and all that. And um, it was in that moment, it's like I heard an audible voice. Another another time, just talking with God, I used to hear him clear today. He and he told me, he said, if I didn't take you the long way around, you specifically me you would not give me the glory. Wow. Because of the route that I've taken you, you can't help but give me the glory. Wow. Because of the route that I've taken you, you wouldn't help but give me the glory. And I said, okay, God, I get it. At every level, what you're teaching me is how to give you glory more. So yeah. it's all about your glory. So I got that. Literally, literally, listen to this. The next day, I walk in. I mean, hey, I mean, I've been I've been killing that practice as good as you can kill it. The next day, I walk into the facility and I'm traded to New York. Like literally, I had this moment where I have like, it's like God's like, you got it. Your time in Cleveland is done. You did it. It's here. good. The next day, back to the Jets. Back to the Jets. And I was I was upset. I mean, I'm like, because I'm at this point, I'm excited. Like I'm I got a new coordinator. He loves me. We we I'm I'm ready to have my best uh, year and. I'm like, I feel like I'm getting demoted because, I mean, New York, they already have linebackers. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, God, you, I feel demoted. And, and I'm in the car again, and, and I'm getting ready, leaving the facility, go home. And God's like, you think you're being demoted, you are being promoted. And, I mean, the rest is history. Boom. Yeah, the rest is history. It took off. And um, uh, so tell me, then, then what, first of all, where did you meet your wife? What's her name? Where did you meet her? Uh, Tamala, Tamala is like Pamela with a T. Uh, we yeah. met in college, uh, a, a fate story. Um, I, I remember setting my schedule to be, she moved, she was coming from Russ College to do her master's program at Arkansas State. We ended up in a class that she had already taken before, but they were forcing her to take again. And I ended up in a class that I specifically said I didn't want to take, but then all <laughs> the class I did select got me kicked. I got kicked out of that class somehow, booted from the system. 
and they ended up putting me in the class I didn't want to take. And so we met in that class. That's um, crazy. Became great friends, and that's um, just crazy, man. That that, but, that, is a, that is such a God setup right there. It is, man. It was something. Golly, man, that's crazy. So you end up in Arkansas State. Where's Where's Tamala from? Uh, she's from Carthage. She's from Carthage, Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. So she's Southern. Yep, Southern girl. Okay. Southern. So you guys yeah. at least had that. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. And then Arkansas. And then uh, did was she a follower of Christ at that point? Uh. Uh. Yeah. So no, she wasn't. Um, when I first met her, um, okay. she was. She was about the same. She was about the same as me. Um, you know, had had been in church her whole life. Um, and pretty much was a person that was trying to do more, more right than wrong. And uh, she, I introduced her to some girls that was part of the same organization uh, that I was in. And she went off to this retreat that they do every, uh, I think every March. And I mean, she came back changed. I could see it in her eyes. I mean, we were great friends at the time, so we used to yeah. talk. Uh, she came back changed. And all of a sudden, it was an understanding. And I knew the understanding that, that she had had, this newfound understanding, because it was the same with me. It's like, we've been doing church in our community wrong. Yeah. Like, we're, 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 we don't understand the importance of Jesus in it. And, uh, man, and so at that point, uh, we both started to grow uh, rapidly. She went through a lot of the same evangelism training that I went through, that I had gone through a couple years prior. And, um then in, in may we started to 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 date um you know and then in de december um i proposed and then we were married that next july that's fantastic man what a great story and yeah. uh and and really to your faith journey has been a parallel it, it started around the same time and uh but man you had everything pulling you the wrong direction when you were coming up through junior high and high school and I think most young men are like that today. I, I don't care what part of the country they're in, where they're at socioeconomically. They can be in a nice area, bad area, you know, however you want to define that. And man, the enemy's trying to pull them down. And, um, you know, your, your peer group, uh, how many of those guys are actually still around? I mean, you know, it's amazing what the enemy does in taking people out. Oh, from from the high the school and junior high and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I only got I only got uh, two guys that um, I'm I'm still so closely uh, associated with. Um, wow. Um, from high school and and, and and for the most part, it's, it's the ones that I can afford to to be associated with. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, a lot of guys are still in the same place that they were in same when I was, if they're if they're still around. You know, so. Uh, it just, it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, and um, it's just amazing what can happen when, 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 when young men have mentors, strong mentors, and, um, you know, uh, when the gospel can impact and rapidly transform lives. Changes everything. There's a, there's a book, William Farrell's a, a secular author. He's at Stanford University. He's the former head of the National Organization for Women Legal Department up in New York. And uh, he began to look at why, why are boys in such crisis? Why are men such wusses? And, of course, the National Organization for Women, <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Hey, this is Chris. Let me take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to remind you how to get in touch with Paul and Christian Men's Network and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's cmn.men. Also, you can write to Paul at paul at cmn.men. That's paul at cmn.men. We have tremendous resources for churches with special discounts for groups on that website. Everything a church needs from A to Z to mentor and disciple men of all ages and backgrounds. Now, let's get back to this awesome interview between Paul and Demario Davis. So now you come out of that bad background. Tell me about, you know, your mom was a young mom. She was coming through high school when you were born. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. She, um, my mom ended up finishing school. And, and I mean, I applaud my mom. Once she had me, she turned all her energy 
towards me and making sure that I had what I needed to. I mean, my mom always, from wow. the time she came and got me, I mean, she only left me with my grandmother while she finished school. You know, she, she listened to my grandmother, like, just go finish school and then come get them. And that's what she did. And I mean, my mom always had two and a half jobs my whole life. My whole life, I watched her work at, at work at two hospitals and then she went to cosmetology school. She would actually work two jobs and then do cosmetology school at night. And like, I would wow. walk, walk through the door just like dog tired. And, uh, you know, just to provide, just to provide for me, you know, and uh, as a kid, you know, that's one of those, another one of those reasons why you, you push so hard is your dream. You're like, I just can't, I don't want my mom living like this. This can't be like where, where this ends. Like I, I knew like I couldn't stop because of what else stuff I wanted to give to her. Right. You know, um, yeah, but she held but, on. You know, it, it took courage on her part, Demario. It took courage on her part to say, here, mom, you know, to your grandmother, to say, here, mom, take care of my boy. I'm going to finish school. Man, that took courage. That took, that took uh, you know, uh, more cojones than most guys have. Yeah, man, it took, that took a lot, man. That, 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 and it shows a lot of maturity, too. Shows a lot yeah. of maturity. Yeah. And, yeah this, so good. and what's her name? Sue. Sue Davis. Sue Davis. Do you, you ever meet your dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad has always been in the picture. He was always in the picture. My dad was in the military. And, okay. Um, you know, and uh, for whatever dis- disagreements, you know, him and my mom had, he was, he was doing his thing, and it was just, it was just me and her. Uh, like, my dad, I, I would see him, you know. He would pop in and out, um, you know, like around holidays, you know, call and check on me. You know, he, his voice was always there. Um, it was just his presence that was lacking. Yeah, uh, you know that came, you know, most uh, valuable in those those teenage years, you know, in those adolescent years. That's that's the most important years for a boy trying to become a man. Yeah, and process all these different things, and you know, you see what's in your environment. You know, and the the, the strong leaders uh, in 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 the the black community a lot of times are uh, you know uh, drug dealers, um, guys that have athletic talent you know, uh, and those type of things. You yeah, know. So success, you know, success is measured by those things in the world in which we live. Yeah. And, and, and that's the issue, you know, that's really the issue because real success isn't 22s on your yeah. car. Thanks. And half the time, I mean, come on tomorrow, let's get real. Half the time those are rented by the week anyway. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, I know this stuff. So, yeah. So William Farrell, when he did this book, The Boy Crisis, he starts studying why why boys are not coming out the way they should and why they're not strong and why they're they're going the wrong direction and making bad choices. And here's what he came up with. This is amazing. It's a secular study. It's called The Boy Crisis. William Farrell, uh, Dr. William Farrell, he's at Stanford University. He said, the issue is, he says, they don't have a father in their lives. Wow. And he said, the most powerful thing you can do for a young man is for that young man. And he goes gender specific. He says to have a father and a mother in their lives in a family. He said, that's the, most, the healthiest thing you can do for a young man. So in a sense, what we're seeing tomorrow is even secular culture, general market, is all of a sudden like coming to a revelation of, hey, you know, the only way to raise up young men is they need a father figure. And, and in in a lot of communities, whether it's uh, Anglo or or uh, Latin or whatever, is is the coaches, man. You know, guys who have been willing uh, to coach kids, and especially I think of youth programs like what you're sponsoring. Mm. I think that to me, if every church in America had a youth sports program, it would wow. change the future of the nation. Yes, it would. It would, hands down. I'm convinced, man. I'm convinced. In fact, we're going to start a thing, and 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 studying what you do is going to help us. We're going to start part of Christian Men's Network, okay? Because we're in hundreds of thousands of churches around the world and across the yeah. nation, just in yeah. the United States. You know, my thinking is if we could start a program, we because most guys don't think they can coach because they don't, yeah. you know, know the plays or whatever. Yeah. And my thing is if you'll just love the kids. And then recruit somebody who knows how to draw a diagram. Yep. If you just start, just get it going. I mean, 
There are youth leagues across America. I was talking with Michael Phillips, my friend who pastors downtown uh, Baltimore. He says, man, youth leagues are drying up because they can't even get – there's nobody to coach. Yeah. And um, so I look with what you're so, doing. So, yeah, so so what the, 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 thing, the myth around coaching and, and dealing with youth, the biggest thing, especially with youth programs, they already have coaches. They already have coaches. If they play sports on on teams at school, they have a coach. If they play travel ball or select ball, they have coaches who can do X and O's. Youth program coaches need mentors. Yeah. You need to be more of a mentor than you do a coach. And you need to be trained up on how to mentor kids. How to identify mentally and psychologically and emotionally what that child is dealing with uh, based on location, based on home situation, based on different dynamics, based on trauma that they've experienced in their life, and then how to identify and how to help them work through those situations. That's what they need. And to be a positive example for them. They're going to model what they see. Young boys are not just going to uh, uh, receive taught information. They're going right. to receive taught information, what they see. They're going to replicate. And so if you can surround young boys and young men who are, who are, who are ultimately going to grow up to be uh, the leaders, and we, we, we work with uh, young boys and uh, young girls, um, and teach them by example. And we surround them with mentors. So all the people coming to our program, we train them. We send them to coaches, academy, um, and, and, and the coaching academy uh, that we send them to is coaching them on how to mentor. See, that's devoteddreamers.org, devoteddreamers.org. And this thing's incredible. Um, you've got the seven-on-seven seven seven football. You've got all these things. But, you know, the main thing I see and, and hear your heart and passion is uh, equipping the next generation of leaders for America. You know, most of these kids, are, you know, they may have a dream of playing in the NFL, but they probably won't be there. But my thing is help the kid towards that dream. Yeah. And somewhere along in that journey, he'll find his place. But if you tell him when he's eight years old, you'll never make it. Yeah. Man, you've just, you've just, you know, wrung that kid's neck. And the next time when he's 10 and some kid says, you know, hey, let's go play, he's going to say, nah, you know, I'm not going to do that. And he's, man, that is a, a prime recruit, you know, for whatever it may be, gangs or um, whatever yeah. the, the yeah. issue may be that takes them in the wrong direction. You know, my yeah. thing is, is uh, get behind that. A seven-year-old kid that wants to play in the NBA, go, okay, what do we need to do right now? You need to learn to dribble with both hands, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, let's do this. Yeah, Start with it. that. That's it. I mean, you think about it, what you just said, um, you know, one of the things that, that our coaches learned at coaches in training is think about it like this, especially when you deal with inner city kids. If you have a problem with a kid and you kick that kid off your team, you know, what is the next team that he's going to join? He's going to join a team. But what's going to be the next team he joins? You know, it's going to probably be gang related. It's going to be some type of mischief related, you know. And so, like, what you're saying, what we need to do around a kid, and that's why we call our program Devoted Dreamers, because help the kid dream. You don't know where your dream is going to take you. You don't know. It may take you down the road that you see, but it may start you down the road, and you may end up somewhere else. Like, i give you an example. When I got to college, I wanted to major in music. I thought I had a passion. I wanted to be a music producer. By the time I left, I had a heart for film. But I, I wouldn't, if I never would have joined, you know, everybody came in with the undeclared majors. I came in with a vision, so I was already started on my way. And inside the communication department, I ended up finding the road that I had the most passion for. So you think about like those little cars, you know, those old cars that you used to, that the kids play with, and you you roll them, and, and it gets the wheels going, and it's just the more you roll it, you know, the wheels yeah. start faster than you let it go, and it takes off. Yeah, get the energy that's going. What, yeah, that's what we need to do with the kids. When we pour into these youth, all you're doing is charging them up so that they can, so that you can launch them off into the world. So by the time they leave high school and they go off to college, they're so confident in themselves and they believe so much and they've acquired resources that make them feel whole because they're spiritually full, they're mentally full, they're physically full. So they believe whatever they go after they can achieve. And in that, as they start going, they'll find the niche that God is ultimately pulling them to. They'll find that place, man. But, but if they keep moving, so and what happens is we quash those. So you went from being Wayman Tisdale to uh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> you know, wanting to be in music and all that. 
And uh, I don't know if you remember Wayman Tisdale. He played the NBA, and he was a great jazz ba- bass player. Wow, wow. And, I- uh, and there's a number of guys like that. But, uh, and then, uh, of course, Tyler Perry. What an amazing story. There he is on that, living in his car for three months. Mm-hmm. But, he wrote, but he wrote down his dream. You know, that, that vision didn't happen for seven years, DeMario. Didn't happen for seven years. And then finally his play, what is uh, I can be at, I can be bad all by myself. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. I think it was his first play. You know, the chairman of our board is a great close friend, uh, Bishop Dale Bronner out of, uh, out of Atlanta. And he's actually been in uh, three of those uh, Medea movies. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. He was a judge in one of them. You'd, wow. you'd recognize him. He, his dad, uh, Nathaniel, and his, uh, and his uncle started a, a company called Bronner Brothers. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a hair, hair products and stuff. Your mom probably used them. Probably. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, now, let me see, the six boys, three of them ended up being pastors, and two of them are still uh, working in that business, of course, Dale is. But yeah, so I know some of that stuff. But the fact is, is that giving a young man, you know, not just giving him a dream, I think we have Ephesians 2.10 says we're born with something inside of us mm-hmm. from the time we're born. There's something that pulls us forward. And, and the enemy, the snake, I, I just basically call it the snake always lies. <laughs> and the snake's trying to rip you off the whole way. And so you take a mentor that comes along, uh, DeMario. And that's why I love what you're doing with Devoted Dreamers and all the projects. And, and then God's put you, I mean, check this out. You know, again, I come back to the small school, Brandon High School, that kind of stuff. And, and I know guys have come out of small places and, and hit big in major sports or even in you know, politics or whatever. And so God, you know, does that or that, that thing happens. But, you know, the Lord puts you in a position to touch young people. We've got to grab a hold of that. And now the Lord's put you in, you're with uh, New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. When we're doing this interview, we don't know about the coronavirus stuff and when the seasons start or whatever. Bottom line, there'll be football at some point. And uh, so, but the Lord's put you in an amazing position to speak into the lives of young uh, men and women because, uh, because of just what culture has done and mm. then gave you the ability to pull people together uh, financially, investors, donors, uh, you and your wife have given generously into this to make this happen. I just got to tell you, man, it's, I just see a God thing all over this. Wow. You know, and wow. um and we're with you, and we want to support you in any way we can, telling people about Devoted Dreamers, you know, raising the flag, um, and just just saying, hey, because, you know, football is one thing. Oh, hey, I did I – was, I was reading – you know, we're – my, my uh, family, we're a sports family. I mean, we live in the Dallas area, so we were – I moved here. I was an L.A. Rams fan as a kid. Yep. And uh, my dad was a 49ers fan and my sister was a Raiders because we were California people. But I moved to Dallas and we had to be, is state law, if you move to Dallas, you got to be a Cowboys fan. <laughs> so we had, my kids grew up, you know, basically at the stadium every week for 20 years. We loved all this. But anyway, I'm looking up this stuff and because uh, I'm always interested in little things. But fascinating thing to me, you're playing for New Orleans Saints now. Who was your first interception against? Drew Brees. <laughs> I thought, right i thought about that when i when i first uh signed that i, I needed to get that ball signed signed by him. um you know because you kept it you you sure you kept it you gave yeah, it to of course of course of course yeah. yeah that's great have you got it signed yet no man i, I haven't got enough courage to go and take it over there sign this no man Oh, I can't do that too. Not as no, oh, no, man. At some point, at some point, that's gotta happen, yeah, some, man. At some point it'll happen. At some point, it'll be right. At some time. point, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when it's gonna happen, uh, Demario. It'll happen when you gotta have done something. Or like he comes up and hey, thank, thanks, man. Thanks for that play or whatever. Yeah. And you go, yeah, no problem, man. Here, sign this. <laughs> 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 It's gonna be kind of, it's gonna be kind of on a on the offside, you know, kind of a on a deflect sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I do that. That's like it. after he's thrown a, like after he's thrown a pick, and then you do something to 
turn it around, you know, like you stopped them on a fourth and one at the five or some. Yeah. Say yeah. thanks for having me back. Thanks for saving my saving. Thanks my- for picking me up, man. Hey, no problem. Here, sign this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so football, you know, I mean, in that sense, it's put you on a platform, but I thank God for a number of friends who, uh, like yourself, have done something about it. Not just, hey, look at me, I did this thing, and you do a cool Instagram. Uh, but I mean, standing for it. You know, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything, yeah. is the old proverb. And from Arkansas straight to the NFL, man. And so we pray for you. You got four children now, new little baby. And uh, it's awesome. I just want to tell people again, I want to tell everybody that's listening now, DevotedDreamers.org, DevotedDreamers.org. And we, and we want to have your back to Mario in this, and we'll be praying for you because uh, we know the enemy is going to try to hit you with stuff or accusations, you know, the stuff that happens. Yeah. And we just pray for you and your wife, uh, Tamla, that uh, the Lord covers you, covers you and keeps you deep within the grip of his favor in the days ahead. And um, if there's anything we can do, to uh, help you with this and be a blessing to you. Tell more people about it. How many, how many places is devoted dreamers uh, involved in? How many are you guys in ones? Where are you located as far as what you're doing with devoted dreamers? Uh, we, we, we just in Mississippi right now. The vision is ultimately to scale it, but we want to make sure that we get, we get the formula fully right. Uh, you know, that we're, we're doing research to make sure our, I mean, visually, is, is beautiful uh, when you have kids who come in scoring a 13 on the ACT and in one year uh, they go from a 13 to a 19 on the ACT. Wow. Uh, have kids coming in with, you know, a, a 1.9 GPA and then by the time they get ready to graduate, they're a 3.2, 3.3. Wow. Uh, looking, at, looking at kids who uh, are coming from a domestic violence household um, that just have a heart for Jesus. Um, all of a sudden, you know, after being pointed to, that they're able to look through the, the, look past their situation and still see God. And it's just like, you know what, you know, my mom, she just needs, she just needs to know the, the love of the Lord, you know. And so, um, you know, and so you see, you're seeing, tra- you're seeing transformations happen all across the board uh, with kids, kids who uh, in our summer program have never had a desire to uh, to go outside and exercise, uh, become leaders on on on, uh, on on volleyball teams, you know, and stuff. So stuff wow. that. So so we we know that the output is there now. It's just the, getting that quantitative output. Yeah. Uh, so that we can go to other places and and help them, you know, scale out. But we want to make sure we get it right. But it's been beautiful, man. It's, it's it's been it's been amazing just to see holistic change. Kids being impacted spiritually, mentally, and physically. Uh, you know, and it's really a God thing. I, it I is a God thing. Yeah, but you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's a God thing. You know, hope is alive. Hope, his name is Jesus. But God gives us hope, but hope is always delivered by people. Mm. Mm. And so yeah. what you're doing is delivering hope. And it's kind of like a friend of mine had a, had a building, a church he built, and a guy walked in, and he's, they're walking around, they're looking at it, and uh, the guy says, man, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's incredible what God's done here. And my, my pastor, Phil, looked at him and said, uh, yeah, but you should have seen it when God had it by himself. Mm. In other words, it, this, this didn't just happen. This is hard work. And the other thing I love about this is you didn't just put your name on it. You actually show up. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, you know, because quarterbacks and whatever, there's all these camps, and the, and the guy should, puts his name on it. Somebody else is running a business. He shows up for about a half hour and then checks off the, the box with uh, the guys in New York on his uh, Walter Payton stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, boom, check that thing off. So, uh, but you show up, you're, you're passionate about it. I can hear, I hear the change in your, even in the way you talk about it when you start when you talking about it. You go to those it. places, when you go and you, you're dealing with those kids, you're almost like, you know, where else would you rather be? You know, you know like, this is this is internal. This is the eternal rewards that you're, you're you're gaining. You know, it's like okay. I, I mean, I love the game of football. Don't get me wrong. You know, and God's yeah. best to do it. But while I'm on that field, I'm not as collecting as many eternal rewards as I am when I'm pouring into you know 16, 17 year olds who who hanging on by a thread. Yeah. And just do a little something, and that light bulb goes off for them. And those moments, I mean, you know, there's no place you'd rather be. Like, what else could I yeah. be doing? 
you know, like, you know, so it's, but the ability to do that. Okay. Daniel gets captured and this is in, in, uh, in uh, Jeremiah, then Jeremiah writes a letter to uh, the guys, Jeremiah 29, 11, everybody loves that. God has a plan for you. But the first five or six scriptures of Jeremiah 29 is a letter to the captives, Daniel and his guys. And he tells them, don't try to escape. Yeah. He says, plant plants and build buildings and get married. And then the word that jumps out at me tomorrow, it says, multiply. Mm-hmm. And what that speaks to me is of what you've done in your athletics is be excellent where you're planted. Yeah. Yeah. You may be in Babylon, but be excellent. And Daniel thrives in the middle of Babylon, never leaves there, serves four kings. By the time he's 80, he's 80 when he gets put in the lion's den. So all this stuff happens to him, but he thrives because he's got his focus, his true north. He stays with it. And that's a message for us, man, that you have... When you talk about working out, man, you don't, Bobby Knight said this. He said, the will to win doesn't win games. He said, everybody has that. He said, it's the will to prepare to win mm. that wins the game. Yeah. Muhammad Ali said, I don't win a fight in the ring. He said, I win it at four in the morning out in a, out in a road running when nobody's yep. around and there's no lights. Yep. So the fact is you've been excellent uh tomorrow you've you've paid the price to be where you are and that's a message to all of us as men you know we want certain things to happen we want to be see people's lives change but we haven't paid the price in the place where we're at wow and uh we've, we've actually got to pay the price so man you've done that and so you're excellent in what you do and then out of that comes the platform to be able to speak into people's lives because you know i mean it's it very easily could have been a Tony Mandarich situation, even though he exonerated himself later and with the Colts. But the fact is, is that, you know, there's things you could have done, but you didn't. So I thank God for the chaplain. Thank God for your grandmother Thank God for your mom and her courage. Thank God your dad did call you. You know what I mean? Like you said, he called you. And I thank God that you got four kids who have an awesome dad and an amazing mom. Because that's what changes the future of the world. So again, devoteddreamers.org. Uh, we're praying for you. I mean, you know, it's uh, here's here's the deal. Here's how we pray. When because I, I live in in uh, Fort Worth, and we're kind of Cowboys fans. Here's the way we pray, Demario. Just so you know, dear Lord, please bless Demario and everything <laughs> he does. But let the Cowboys win. So that's. <laughs> I'll take it, man. I'll take it. I'll... <laughs> anyway, you know, it's just, that's life. Man. That's, that's the way it is. But, and uh, so thank you for everything you do. We, we pray every place you put your feet will be holy ground, and everything your hands touch will prosper. And that the Lord will keep you and your family deep within the grip of his grace and favor. Wow, Paul, what a great conversation. That was awesome. Yeah, what an amazing guy. Man, so amazing. But the thing that jumped out at me. Yeah was the fact that he plays for the New Orleans Saints and his first career interception oh that's right for the New York Jets was it was against Drew Brees yes (laughs) oh that's right so we talked about that yeah yeah, that's right yeah that was funny man he's like yeah I don't know if I'm gonna bring that up (laughs) that's the million dollar question (laughs) I need to know when does he bring that up is he gonna especially now with all this stuff that went on man especially (laughs) he stood see we were playing basketball just the other day and we were talking about this interview and we were the million dollar question on the court was now that he's defended Drew Brees does he have a right to ask yeah (laughs) right (laughs) it's funny man yeah, well, you know, uh, man, these are these are good guys and, uh, you know, good men, men yes. of goodwill. Yes. They find a way, right? Yes. That's part of our whole culture. I mean, DeMario, uh, this is a role model. See, this is the kind of guy I would say I want my grandkids to look yeah. at. Okay. So yeah. My grandson, Cameron, I go, Cameron, that guy right there, I want you to just watch him. Yeah. Okay. Be like that. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's why I so much appreciate him because, you know, he doesn't even have to do an interview with us. No. I mean, frankly, he doesn't have to do anything, no. right? Just hang no. out, play yeah. football, work out. For real. But he uses that platform to speak out for the things of God yes. and to speak out for righteousness and to pull young kids into their dreams. That devoted dreamer thing. Oh, it's amazing. 
And I can't wait. I mean, I'm behind that thing, man. Yeah. If you want to get uh, more information on that, where do they write us, Chris? They oh. write us at, you can find all the resources uh, for mentoring at fatherhood at cmn.men. That's cmn.men. That's M as in uh, men. Men. Yes. yes. C-M-N. Men. Capital N. Yeah, don't go to CNN. No, no, no. You're not going to get You don't want to see there. that. <laughs> <laughs> we got the good news, not the bad news. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> So also you can write to Paul personally at Paul at cmn.men. That's yeah. Paul at cmn.men. Hey, Chris Shields, you're doing a great job uh, producing the podcast. We've had some amazing guests and we've got some great ones coming up. A uh, friend of yours and a friend of mine, Chris Broussard, is yes. coming up on one of the episodes. Uh, what an amazing man. Aww. And then uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Yes. Uh, there's some great guys. You know what? It's inspiring. Yes, it is. This thing is a, it's a kind of podcast where you can just plug it in, go do your bike ride, jogging, workout, play round ball, yes. shoot some hoops. <laughs> yes. You know, but do you have the big, do you have the big thing? You know, oh, the big, yes. The Beats headphones. You got yes. the Beats headphones? Yeah, Beats by Dre. <laughs> <laughs> do you really? When you yes. shoot, when you yes. do hoops? Yeah. Hey, I'm in the zone. Yeah. My getaway is that Come basketball on, court. Okay. I don't know anything else after I'm on that court. Oh, that's great. I love it. Unless uh, Paul Cole texts you. Yeah, unless I text you, yeah. And it comes in on the headset? Yes. Ding. You've got text. Paul you Cole's message. Yeah. <laughs> but, if you're, but if you're in the zone, you don't want to stop for no. until it breaks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, got to finish the shot, you know. Gotta, yeah. Anyway, Chris, you're doing a great job uh, producing, and uh, this has been a remarkable uh, start to our season three. Yes. And looking forward to the great things that are coming up. Hey, thanks for being a part of this and being with us on the podcast on Brave Men today. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.